Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Kayla. I'm so happy you're able to join us today because we are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that is okay. Today, we have an A-plus human on our podcast. She truly needs no introduction. But for those of you who do want an introduction, we have the lovely Danielle Campbell. She is an actress, an activist, just an overall good human. Most of you know her from CW's Hottest Show, The Originals, and Tell Me a Story, and so much more. She has so much wisdom to share and we have so much to discuss so without further ado here is my conversation with danielle campbell and i'm here with danielle campbell we've been chatting forever we had to finally start the episode (laughs) i just love you so much and i'm so grateful that you're here you know we have there is so much to discuss and it's funny like yeah i've always been just a huge fan of your work but also of you as an individual and a person and that's why i'm so excited to have you on this show but first we have to congratulate you because there's a huge life thing that just happened and you are now engaged and i'm so excited i am thank you so much (laughs) it's all the emotions all the things it's been a fun time I have to say it's been really 
really, it's been, I've been really grateful to have something so wonderful to celebrate during what was just kind of like another year of just unexpected craziness with the strike, you know, coming right after the the pandemic. And it's just like, it's kind of like we've had a lot of unexpected years in the past. And so I think getting to celebrate something during that was actually just another, an, like a, a really beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. But you, I, from my perspective, you handled the pandemic so beautifully because you did something that I highly admire. You shadowed a chef and, you know, they say that cooking is really creative. And I think that that's such a fascinating way to explore creativity in a time when it feels really stunted. Can you talk to us about this decision for a minute and how it changed you? And don't worry, everyone listening, we're going to get into all the acting stuff and her movie out now and all the all the good things. <laughs> but for a moment, because you brought up the pandemic, I would love to hear, you know, how that experience has changed you, what you've learned from it and what your favorite dish to whip up is. You know, so it's interesting. I think I think I I mean, I think cooking is definitely the thing that I shared I shared with you because I forget how we got in the conversation about it, but cooking is something I've grown up with since, I mean, I think something all of us grew up with food, right? But my mom is one of the most unbelievable chefs. I know that a lot of people will say that about their mom, but like my mom, what I love and admire about her is she would always, like growing up, we've lived a lot of different places. We lived in Asia for a couple of years. We lived all over the U.S., she would always like seek out cooking classes and wanting to use the spices that are unique to different cultures. And we would have different cuisines, different nights. Like she really kind of exposed us to that in an early age. And I've just always loved it. I think like we would look forward to getting our homework done so that we could help cook. It wasn't like a chore. It didn't feel like that growing up for me. So, so during the pandemic, just finding different, I had taken a cooking class with this wonderful Moroccan chef, Yasmina, and she just is like, was also just the warmest positive woman. And I would just cook with her a little bit. Like she would go, we would go to the farmer's market. And then there was like a period of time where she was like, I need more of this. Like you grab it on the way over here. And so like, it was, it was just so much fun to get to do that. And she's from Morocco. So getting to, I got a different experience just watching the way that she cooks things. And it was just, it always would feel like when I would cook with my mom, just at home, music's on, wine's out. It was just, it was just really special. And so that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. And also I think just during a time where it was so much, there was so much happening that was out of our control, having something that just like felt good and cozy and just easy was just kind of a way just to to relax a little bit when it felt stressful. Yeah, absolutely. Does Colin have a favorite dish that you cook? Is there one where you're like, oh, he's having a hard week. I'm going to, I'll do this one. Because <laughs> lucky him yeah, to I have mean, you. I cook- so my mom didn't like handling fish when growing up. So that was like the one thing in the house that she wouldn't cook. And so when I moved out, that was the first thing that I wanted to learn how to do. It was like, I'm going to be able to do something that mom doesn't know how to do. We cook a lot of fish at the house and I love going to like our farmer's market and they've, you know, I know where it's sourced from. It's like so much fun for me. Colin loves a salmon. He loves, I do this amazing tahini cauliflower that tastes kind of like, wow kind of like cheesy cauliflower. Love that. What else? I mean, I think grilling in the summer is one of my favorite things to do. We don't have the best grill. So like, I look forward to moving at some point and being able to invest in a nice piece. (laughs) You're gonna laugh. We just got an air fryer. Oh, I keep hearing about this. We don't have one yet. (laughs) Yeah. he's, He's just obsessed and just has really wanted one forever. And neither of us really know how to work it. So we've burnt most things. So 
I, I, you know, and I'm just, I think with cooking, I'm so used to not following instructions, baking, like I'm a lost cause. I can do chocolate chip cookies really well and that's about it. But yeah, with this air fryer where I think I need to take time and actually learn how to do it properly because it's not working yet. <laughs> that image, just the visual of the two of you in the kitchen, like trying to figure out this air fryer is <laughs> <it's> hilarious. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. You know, it, you and Colin are both actors and Tanner and I are both actors as well. And it's a really wonderful thing because your partner understands how you're feeling at any given moment because this life path we've chosen is such a roller coaster ride uh, emotionally and mentally. And so, but it's also, you know, there's a level of intimacy required in our job that not a lot of other jobs require. And so totally. it's definitely a conversation that Tanner and I have to have uh, on the daily. We just constantly are talking about it, you know what that's like. How do you guys handle it? And what works for you in that regard? Asking because truly, like, I think that's probably one of the most difficult things. I think there's a lot of pluses to being married to an actor. But then there's also a lot of it, it's just a really crazy level of intimacy and trust required. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of couples who say I never want to date another actor. And I, I get it. Like, I we do talk about acting pretty much nonstop. And I can imagine, I mean, I find it refreshing to get to talk to friends who are not in the industry and we talk about other things, but I think I really love the creative talks that I get to have with him. And, mm. you know, I think there's a reason also that like so, so many of us have stayed close as friends and we do like to talk about acting. Like we're still c the creative nerds who like to talk about what we do. And I think that's honestly what's really special about getting to be an actor, at least to me, like I, I love what I do. I, I would hope I don't have to do anything else. You know, it's, I think being, being with another actor, it has its challenges. I mean, as much as it has so much, there's so much intimacy of being able to have those conversations. There's also such a level of independence you need to be able to have. Like when you're away working on these different jobs, you don't know where you're going to be. And I remember when we first started dating, for example, I was in New York shooting the series and he was in New Orleans shooting series. So like every two weeks, one of us would try to fly to the other to just see one another in person because for the first six months, we weren't even in the same state and it wasn't California. So I remember that is, you know, that's a complicated thing that we're both going to need to continue to navigate as a couple. And, and also, you know, like I think then the pandemic hit and that was the most time that we spent together. And it's like that brought on, brought on a whole new chapter of kind of getting to figure out well like what are do we like this still and we yeah honestly like I think it's the greatest thing to happen because it fast like it fast forward may not be the right term but like it felt like but it you want fast, to fast forwarded track. yeah and and we were forced to have conversations at a quicker rate than we may have prior because we had all this time together we'd moved in together we you know like all this time that we'd previously had so much apart and we really learned how to navigate that mm -hmm. then it became all this time together and it was like well this is this is different. But yeah, I think like, I think we are really good at cheering one another on, which I think a lot of couples have a complicated relationship with when they're two actors in a relationship together. I think there's definitely moments where, you know, like if one of us is having like a big moment and the other person is still auditioning and it's like, how do you navigate that? And the only way that I think we've been able to figure it out is continuing to communicate to each other when we're having a hard time. And really just like encouraging the other person because at the end of the day, we're not in competition with each other. We're never going to be, we're never going to be going for the same parts. There is no competition with one another. And 
I think it's easy to compare yourself, but mm. it's, it's like the easiest thing to do in those situations for us, I think has been just kind of like recognizing where we're at, talking about it and not being afraid to like show how we're feeling mm-hmm. and allow the other person to show up and, and be there with them while they're feeling that way. So well said. And it's interesting you guys have a two week rule because that's actually somewhat what Tanner and I found is we did three weeks once and we realized that's too long. It's just too long to spend away from someone. So we realized two week is our rule. And sometimes you don't have the ability, like two weeks, I think is like when it feels good, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't have the option, like maybe you'll have something with the kids and Tanner will have to stay with them longer because you'll Mm -hmm. be away working. You can't get away from your schedule. Like during the pandemic, I was doing a play in New York for, and you, you're performing every night, so you can't leave. And then with COVID restrictions, he was shooting something in Budapest on the other side of the world and he couldn't leave. So we did like a month and a half without seeing each other. And that's really hard. What's the communication like there? Because truly, not only are you just in different parts of the world, the time, the time change and the different, the odd hours you work as an actor as well. How, I mean, were there days that went by that you just didn't, you maybe texted, but you weren't able to actually hop on the phone because that's really hard to maintain a relationship. Wow. Yeah. I think that's kind of where like, I'm so grateful for technology. It's like this love-hate relationship that I know that we all have. But what's so special about having, you know, the ability to, you could send a picture of, of like what you're doing and who you're hanging out with, or like a quick little video of like, hey, I was performing and missed you while and you're now sleeping, but I want you to wake up and know that I'm thinking of you and I'm missing you. It's like, we have the ability to do that. And, you know, 100 years ago, nobody got to do that. People would wait weeks for letters. And like, I'm such a romantic where I'm just like, people would write letters and they would wait for them from their loved one and hope that it would be coming, you know, a month from then. That's like what that's, that's, that's what we're capable of as humans. We're capable of so much. And I don't know, I, I, I'm grateful that we're able to, to work off of a phone because it's it's a game changer. <laughs> I think it's saved a lot of relationships. You know, a lot of people there's an an argument to be had about the, you know, downfall of technology and how it's changing us as humans and yes, there are certain aspects of that that are true, but I think it can save a lot of relationships too and I think a lot of people's love and communication is amplified. 100%. 100%. It can be. There's like you have more access to more people and you there, you could argue there's more temptation because you're not seeing as you're seeing hundreds of people now, but it's all choices that we're making mistakes. We're making learning from it's like, that's life, man. <laughs> I love it. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. And we're back. Okay, you brought up Trouble in Mind, and I cannot wait to talk to you about it. This is a Tony-nominated revival that you started. You know, we have lots of listeners that are interested in acting and the vigor it takes to succeed. And plays on and off Broadway are a form of media that we have yet to discuss. So can you talk to us about the process? What made you want to do a play? How was the audition process? And what what happened that was completely unexpected throughout the whole experience oh my god the whole thing was unexpected for everybody listening i'm so excited to get to share this with you because you've probably found most of us like watching tv and i know kayla and i met through like the the tvd universe and so i have i started acting when i was 10 i'm gonna just give you the whole like i love it from the beginning i started acting when i was 10 i fell into it and started acting from chicago came out to la was was really lucky and fell in love with acting really early on. Never did even a school play before because I was lucky enough to continue to work and that would require me to to move around a lot and go film. That being said, I I I loved I love I love theater. I've always loved going to see plays. However, I think from a young age I knew TV was something that I was I was able to do. I kept booking. I but you're I was told that like to be in theater is like what the real actors do. You know, that was like a thing that I bought into in my head at an early age. It's not true. There are such different muscles and there is room for everyone in both. What I, what I think I, I got an audition for the, for trouble in mind on tape to submit and sent it in. I studied the play. I fall in love with it. Childress's writing is just so beautiful. A Raisin in the Sun became the first play 
on Broadway. But Alice Childress's plays were first, Trouble in Mind was first submitted to be the first Black play on Broadway. She refused it because they wanted to make alterations to her play in order to make it what they were calling suitable for the white actors to be performing. And it basically disrupted and totally would have ruined the play and everything she was trying to share. The play is about a Black woman's experience as a woman, as an actor in the 1950s theater scene. And it doesn't shy away from how difficult it was. And it doesn't shy away from how really just disgusting it was of how they were treated. I think it was really brave of Alice during that time to be able to share something and be so strong in her voice was just so powerful. And so to get to perform her words in a Broadway play now was just like, it, it's, it was beyond a dream come true because it wasn't one that I even could have imagined. And getting to perform live was like the most insane experience. I was so nervous. Like I love being an actor. I love performing in front of so many people when you're doing it in front of a camera, but you're so locked in with just whoever's in the scene with you that you forget about it. You're very aware that there is a full audience watching when you're performing, but it's still a matter of just locking in on the people that are there with you on that stage. Those are your your rocks, your grounding cords. I just had the most amazing experience and it felt, I think what it was so special about it to me was also a moment to get to recognize, like I saw myself as a real actor for the first time, I think because I was able to prove to myself I was capable of it. And so it just like, it felt really motivating for me. The way that you listen when you're up on a stage is different when you're listening to your other castmates, like you're listening for their words and your reactions feel bigger, but also real because your full body is performing. I I love it. I understand the high that comes from it. And I I just had my first day back on set on uh, last Friday on a show called The Rookie for the the sixth season and getting to be in front of a camera again was really like, I felt so awkward, but I also felt so excited because it was the first time I got to do that in so long. And it's such, they're such different muscles, but they go so well together. That's such a great set. I did multiple episodes of The Rookie too recently and I would, they had me back even though I was pregnant and I just felt like that specific set with the individuals from top to bottom was one of my favorite experiences. And I'm so happy that you get to start with them. They're the best. That's the best. Me too. So, okay. What was the audition process like for Trouble in Mind? You said you made it on tape. And then did you have to fly to New York and meet them in person? And then, you know, what was the nightly performance experience? Do you feel like it changed or do you get into the routine of doing the play and then it ends up being the same all the time? What's what's the experience as an actor to be? I just I've never done it before and I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, you know, so auditioning for this play, I think was it was probably a very unique experience because it was still COVID, right? So we were still taping things. I actually think COVID may have worked in my favor to where they were seeing more people through tapes than they maybe had before. I'm not sure. But I remember sending my tape in. I had fallen in love with with the play itself. I got a call from like my managers saying that the director wanted to meet me. And I started bawling in the car. I was in, I was in the car and I remember I started crying because I was like, it felt like it, it just felt amazing to have been responded to on a tape on uh, on a be- on like a beautiful play. It was something I just wasn't expecting. 
And that was just on getting like essentially a call back. And I met with the director over Zoom. He couldn't have been warmer. We had like an hour and a half conversation about the play, about theater, about, and he's, he's remarkable. Charles Randolph Wright was our director. And he is one of the biggest advocates for Alice Childress and all of her playwright, all of her plays. And it was as big of a dream as possible for him to get to put this play on Broadway. So getting to talk with him about it. Just Alice, Alice Childress, she wrote the powers that be. Did they want to change just the lead character from black to white? Were they changing the dialogue? What was that experience like in the day? Yeah, it wasn't changing the they were changing. They wanted to basically make the more the white characters more appealing. So they like more kind and like less awful, essentially. That there's a lot of moments, I think, in the in the play. The director of the play is a white is a white director, and he's he's cruel. His words are so demeaning, and like I think I think she was trying to paint a real experience for what it was to be a, an actor, black woman in the 1950s in in theater, and like the she was trying to paint an actual picture of what her experiences were. I think a lot of it could have also been drawn from her her experiences, and you know it's not like everyone was kind to one another and it's they were there was a lot of stepping on toes there was i mean i'm putting everything very blandly too if you were to read this like the play is so powerful and all of her plays are very much like that they wanted to make the white characters less and she was like mm-hmm. no i want to actually paint a picture of how i feel i've been treated and mm-hmm. yeah and the reality of what any black person during this time is facing so then did they not put the play on broadway because she refused she refused to make any any changes to her play. She was like, the reason that this is such a powerful play is because it's real in its experience and she didn't want to alter it. And so the way it was put on Broadway, exactly how she wanted oh, it wow. performed. That's what I think what was, what was really special about it. And now you see all, I mean, you're seeing, there's so many beautiful plays being put out right now that I think are, that have the most unbelievable messages in them. And I think like arts just, erupting right now and as it should i mean we've had now a pandemic and we've had um we've had the strikes i think people are ready to just showcase what it is to live and also just all these different things that have been in their head for so long everyone's allowing a space to do that Mm, i love that hopefully i hope it continues at least yes why not well speaking of continuing you have a movie that's out now called share and it's on apple tv and prime video i saw the preview for it and i cannot wait it's on our list on our television to watch and i cannot wait tell us everything i think bradley whitford's in that movie as well and it is he's such a phenomenal actor did you shoot this during the pandemic we did so we there was like a period during the pandemic i mean we followed all the covid protocols there was i mean Shooting during the pandemic was one of the most fascinating things in the world. It's like everyone's in a a mask. I remember I didn't even realize I'd met certain people because as the (laughs) actor, you're taking off your mask quite a bit, but everyone else is wearing theirs the whole time and getting to see certain people. I was like, have we met before? And they're like, I'm like, oh, I see you. I understand you more with your, if, if your hands over your mouth, that's weird. But yeah, it was just like a very strange experience. But what was also really cool about this movie, it's very much like a futuristic kind of twist on also weirdly what we all experienced during the pandemic, which was everyone was just viewing each other through a screen. I kind of think of it as like a as like a Black Mirror episode. It's, it kind of like is like oh. a thriller, a twist on reality. We shot 
This was the first movie apparently to ever be shot from one camera, from one direction in a single, yeah, it's like one camera, one direction in a single room wow. for the entire film. And you're basically, the audience is the, com- is the computer, is the one watching the actor in their various different rooms. But it's, it's, it was, it was really cool. To film. Well, the cost it took to do that movie. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. incredible. <laughs> Wow. Well, I can't wait to watch you in it. I really am. And, you know, I I know that a lot of our listeners would be kicking me if I didn't ask you about the originals, because you and I both met through the Vampire Diaries universe, which has impacted our lives so significantly. You know, yeah. what was your most exciting part playing Davina Claire? What was the most difficult part? I know you were quite young when you booked it, and I think that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure in general. At such a young age, I think that that can be just a significant weight on the shoulders and you handled it so beautifully. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I was so excited to book that role for so many reasons. And, and one of the biggest reasons, like it was the first time, I think I'm curious how old you guys were when you started on Vampire Diaries, but I, I was 18 when I booked, when we booked the pilot and started shooting. So it was like the first time I was like, I was out of high school. I just moved out essentially. So when all of my friends went to college, I went straight to set. Atlanta was kind of like my college years. And I think from how old were you when you guys were on? I was 23. So just a little bit older. Most of my cast. Well, how I mean, all of you girls were so close, though. Like, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've heard through different through random nights. Like I've heard all the trouble that y'all got into. <laughs> it was so fun, and listen, it was all harmless trouble, really. But yeah. you know, it's all the trouble you get in when you're twenty. Nina was twenty one, Candace was twenty three, I was twenty four, and like okay. Zach and Trevino were twenty five, and then I think yeah. you and Paul were just a little bit older, and Kat was quite young as well. So it was all you know a span of a certain age when people are still finding themselves and figuring out who they really are and to do that within such a spotlight of the public eye and on such a big platform was amazing and fascinating and interesting but also a lot of pressure I know I felt that at 23 going through the crazy tornado that it took me through of emotions and all the things so well and you can't expect the success that the show was going to have and the eyes that were going to land on the show because of that too you know Right. Yeah. I and mean, it was a, it was a lot. I'm happy that you guys were all in this same like around the same age because that going through that like you had people with you during it, you know, mm-hmm. was everyone else a little bit older for you? Yeah, everyone was quite a bit older. And I think like certain people were flying home to their families on the weekends. And so I think I felt a little I think like I looked up to, to my castmates so much, but I, I knew I know that everyone was older. It's like when everyone was going to go out for a drink after like a cast dinner, I kind of like went back home. That was, I think, the harder part of it, because like my college experience was getting to go going out with like my castmates. But then also I didn't have that like the after as much. And, you know, like certain moments I was able to hang out with everyone. But then there were others where it just it, it didn't I couldn't. And that was OK. This is something that's, I think, interesting. And I think it's something that I'm still growing through. But like when I was in high school, I remember I was so shy because I was so terrified of screwing up or doing something bad that would that would risk all the things that I'd worked so hard on. And so I was like such I was so like overly conscious of people's eyes on me from when I was from like being in high school. I never wanted to be the girl at the party who messed up or who not messed up, but like 
who got sick and drank too much. Like I was, I would always drive. I would like, I overly compensated, I think, to make sure that I was not doing anything wrong. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to lose it, the opportunities that I was so excited to have in like the career, uh, the acting career that I've always wanted. Yeah. And when I went, graduated from high school and I'm going to film on the show, it's like, this is now my first opportunity as an adult. I don't have mom and dad. They're also making sure that you know, getting to bed. So like, I think I became that adult who was trying to also just watch out for myself too, but definitely went and had fun. I got to know the crew really, really well. I got to, I got to meet a lot of people my age, which was great, but there were definitely a lot of moments where it's like, I also didn't want to like get anyone that I was working with in trouble. So I wasn't yeah. trying to broadcast that to them. Yeah. And so I think like, there were different moments where it's like, it was like a little bit, I needed to navigate that trying to I had to learn how to kind of navigate that. And that was, that was a bit uncomfortable at times for sure. Yeah, of course. Did you and Colin meet on set? Cause he was in the originals as well, right? We did. Yeah. He was actually, he was in a relationship at the time. So nothing like we didn't start dating until like just six years ago now, but we've been friends for a really long time. And I remember like the first time that I remember the first time that he was on set, he was, he and, and Josh, Josh was our friend Steven Kruger's character and Colin played Aiden. Josh and Aiden had a scene with Davina. For, I forget which one we shot first. But anyway, Colin was scribbling in this journal. And it was apparently for, he was at school at USC at the time. So he was, he was doing something for a classwork because he was away shooting and they were able to do it with the program. And so I started making fun of him. Like, what are you writing in your diary? And I'm thinking he's going to be, he's going to like engage and like, he's going to make a joke about it. He, he didn't actually realize I was totally making fun of him and just proceeded to share with me, like, you know, different things from the different days and the the way that they were shooting. And, <laughs> and I just started like cracking up and all of our, all of our scenes together, we had so much fun. He was also like the, the closest person to my age at the time too, that was back for mm-hmm. so many episodes. So like, that was really, really nice just to know someone around my age that would not talk to me like I was the little one on the set. So that felt like really, really nice too. And I think I've appreciated him as a friend for so many years because of that too. And whenever I was out in LA, his sister had come to visit on set. She was like one of my best friends. Like I was on her couch when I broke up with one of my boyfriends. Like she's like, I would stay with her. So I was in like, I was in their circle for a long time. And we have a lot of mutual friends. So it was it was kind of like just right timing, I think. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. we're back how cool to have such a strong friendship both with him and his family before it even developed into a romantic relationship that's such a testament to how connected you are I mean I definitely had like a crush on him for sure but of course how could you not nothing ever happened (sighs) that's amazing so do you have an all-time favorite scene that you've shot? Not necessarily as Davina, but as any of your characters. Just an overall experience as an actor because our job thrusts us into these wild experiences. Is there a moment that you found yourself thinking, I can't believe I'm I'm doing this? Like turning back isn't an option. Here we go. <laughs> when I was shooting a show called Tell Me a Story, we were shooting in New York. And you know Paul so well. Paul's been on the show too. Paul, Wesley, Paul yes. had, Paul did, yeah, I got to do it with Paul, which was a lot of fun. And the first season we were shooting, we had a moment where we shot in Central Park and I was like, this doesn't happen. And this is my real life right now. This is the coolest thing ever. And that was, that was such a highlight to get to shoot there and mm. all over New York. New York was a character in the film. So that was really cool. What about you? What where was one of what was one of your favorites? Thank you. That's a good question. Yeah, uh, there was a I did a volleyball movie for Sony that with Brian Austin Green, and Ooh. we played beach volleyball players, and they put us in the middle of an actual AVP volleyball tournament happening in Manhattan Beach and had us play opposite real players. So we had trained for two and a half (laughs) weeks on the beach and it was so thrilling, but also embarrassing. And, uh, and, you know, it's Manhattan Beach, California, the volley beach volleyball capital of the world. And there are avid fans and everyone is so angry that we are interrupting <laughs> the tournament to shoot a movie. People were booing us. People were I mean, oh. it was a horrible experience. And we were waiting on a <laughs> helicopter to take an aerial shot to start the movie and then it zooms in on us on us playing and so we were waiting for a significant amount of time for this helicopter but but and I'm doing air quotes here as I talk but also playing volleyball against these professional (laughs) volleyball players so 
that for me was kind of fun and cool, but also mortifying. And my I'm local. A lot of my parents and family friends live in Manhattan Beach and happen to be in the audience. And I, I wasn't right. sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> but it was one of those moments where I'm like, what is my life? What is happening? This is crazy. Needless to say, I'm I play beach volleyball very well now. So I could go down to the beach and I'm a killer serve. <laughs> oh, man, that is such a cool experience, though. And honestly, I mean, the fact that you guys had to use a helicopter for one of those aerial shots, it's like it was very fun. That's a cool movie. I need to check it out. Yes, it was a very fun movie. I was wondering what your take on social media is, because, you know, I, right before this podcast episode, I'm doing, you know, some obligatory posting and all that kind of stuff. And I yeah. say obligatory because there are times when it really feels that way. I have such a love hate relationship. And as actors, it's such a huge part of our job to post. And it does feel like it's something that we have control over a little bit. Industry where there is no control over anything. Do you have sort of a philosophy about it? Because because you seem to have a really wonderful relationship with it from my perspective. And I'm wondering what you, yeah, do you have a philosophy about it? A philosophy about it? No, I feel like I've got, <laughs> it's like, it's an evolving relationship, which I think it really is for all of us, right? I mean, when Instagram first started, TikTok wasn't a thing. Now TikTok's a massive thing and it's changing how Instagram operates. I also don't feel like, like, any of the social media platforms feel as authentic as what I think they used to be, mostly because I think the things that people are posting are all things that we're getting either people are getting paid to share or it's like for a purpose. It's like for a reason of, which is a great way to get information across. It's a great way to share. That being said, it's like, I remember like MySpace being just about like sharing about whatever your life is at the moment or Facebook started that way. Like all the things that people really like latch onto, in my opinion, are kind of where people are just enjoying life and just taking a moment of it. Mm. I miss that. Like I miss Colin and I really gotten into the disposable cameras again because wow. being able to take a picture, not look at it. And maybe it's absolutely terrible. Maybe it turns out black and you're just kind of like, well, there it goes. But I think I just like, I love, I miss moments and I go back and forth on this all the time because I, I, social media is such a big part of what we do and so much of our job. And we'll get, we get to share and that we have this opportunity to communicate with fans, which like, you know, movie stars that I know you and I looked up to, they didn't have that opportunity or even understand what that experience was. I have so many thoughts on it with no really conclusion as to what I feel I'm doing. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm constantly kind of trying to figure it out. How yeah. do you feel? No, because I mean, it makes sense that you don't have a conclusion because you said it's ever evolving. So there really is no conclusion yeah. to it, right? It is constantly changing. And you're right, as no new... <laughs> apps and platforms come out, it does tend to feel a bit overwhelming. I also love it because it's really fun. You can I have so many friends that moved away during the pandemic and I can keep track of them and their kids and every in their lives because of it, which is amazing and so fun. And I also get inspiration from it from from a fashion perspective and like music perspective and all of that. The amount of hacks and things that we've learned from it, like those are incredible. Right. But it's highly addictive. And I find mm. myself sometimes going onto my phone to do something else. And then I find myself just scrolling and it's yep. hard. So it's a it's a it's a real epidemic, I think, that people are falling prey to. I what I don't like about social media are the beauty filters that alter your face. I think that yeah. younger women in general and men, too, it it 
it is telling us that we're not enough, that we could look like this, that we could. But the truth is, whatever that beauty standard is that it's showing us is a just someone's opinion of what beauty is and b not real. Mm -hmm. No one actually exists and looks like that. It's through a, a phone and through a screen and through something someone developed. And so as a mother of a daughter, I feel yeah. really torn about it because I think that if you grow up constantly seeing those filters are constantly told you're not enough. And I think it's really important, as you said, that we we know that these photos that people are sharing are are, you know, just glimpses of their life that no one's showing the moments where they're having a hard time or some are, but most are yeah. not showing the struggle and everything that goes behind and what it took to get there. And so I just think as long as we maintain an, an accurate perspective of what it is we're looking at, it's okay to look at it. But I just totally. say this because we have a lot of younger listeners on this podcast and I just want everyone to remember that they're beautiful however they are and they're important however they are and what someone else's beauty standard is really is doesn't mean anything because it there's so much more value about what's inside of you and what you have to give to the world. And Hell so yeah, Kayla. <laughs> everyone just put that on repeat. I mean, that my favorite thing, I mean, I echo 100% everything you said. And honestly, like, I think there's always been beauty standards. Like, if we're just being completely real, if everyone's constantly, I mean, and for years before social media, it was in the magazines, that was what like, right. ideal woman looked like, or, you know, the movie stars that we see that we've seen. But you're right, no one ever sees what happened during the photo shoot, or before the photo shoot, or when they went home, or what's going on constantly behind closed doors. It's like, we never ever are going to know the full story. Some people are, you know, sometimes there's movements on social media right now to sharing what's really happening or that they have anxiety. And like, there's these beautiful things that people are trying to share. And I think that's, what's great about social media. I think people have access to being able to share and connect with other people, possibly experiencing something similar that they're going through in a moment. But I think at the end of the day, it's, I think the more that we can, in a weird way, focus on ourselves again, and just kind of take a moment to just get back. It's like, we are all living our own experience. That's going to be very difficult to compare it to anyone else's. And mm -hmm. I think social media makes it hard to just take a step back and just give yourself a moment because mm -hmm. you're focused on everyone else's. Sometimes I've gone on to like Instagram to look up, to look up someone. Cause I'm trying to recall someone's name and I get distracted. And then it's like, you're scrolling and it's like, what am I, what did I even get on this for? Yep. That happens way too easily. And I think of like, I think of having possibly a daughter and it's like, I don't know what the right way is to introduce a kid to social media because, you know, I think like our generations are still figuring it out and already dealing with the fallout of so many problems it's brought on. And then also, I think that, you know, you can't hide it from them because then they're going to grow up just not knowing or not understanding anything and they're going to feel left behind. Right. So, you know, I give you so much credit as a mom to be able to have these conversations. And I can only imagine that you're having them with your daughter as she gets mm -hmm. older. But mm -hmm. I think it's like, I think the biggest thing or that I'm happy about is I feel like our generations are talking more than I know that mm -hmm. like even my parents' generation did. And I think talking about these issues and bringing them to the surface versus pushing them down and hiding them, I think is going to be the only thing that really helps us going forward. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. And do you have like a specific lesson in life that you've learned? Because I, I feel like you have experienced so much of life shooting all over the globe, working all over the globe, living all over the globe. You have had a perspective at your age that not a lot of people your age have. So is there one experience that you would like to share or a life lesson that you feel really keeps you grounded because you are one of the most grounded and beautiful souls I have met. I'm, I'm not just saying that because you're on the no. podcast. I really mean that. And so, you know, asking as I'm raising my daughter, asking as we're both in the same industry, asking just for life in general, what is there sort of a, a lesson that you have? If I were to try to answer that, that beautiful question, I honestly feel like my favorite things that I'm learning is honestly like just the mistakes that I'm making are part of, mm. are part of it, are part of everything that are, is making me who I am, that it's constantly changing and that I'm capable of constantly changing any belief that I had about my, about myself in the past, I'm capable of overcoming and evolving even like my clothing, right? Like I, I don't have to wear the same thing every day. I am capable of dressing up and I'm capable of dressing down. And I think the biggest, like if I think about like my younger self, even I was so concerned and focused on everyone else's opinion. And I think that is still something that I am so overly aware of at all times. I think I'm a very curious person. I'm really good at asking other people about themselves and I have a hard I mean, I, today I've been blabbing all about myself, but in reality and conversation, like, I feel like I, I'm, I'm still learning to accept myself just like I think everyone else is. And so I think like my biggest takeaway from life in this moment and this like snapshot of a moment for me is just, I'm going to keep making mistakes. They're going to help me learn and I won't make it again, or I will until I've learned it. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm happy that I'm still learning and I want to keep being a student and not the teacher. Yeah, just self-acceptance throughout all of life. I love that. That's amazing. Or keep working for it because I think yeah. it's hard to do it, you know? No, yes. I don't know if you ever actually, or just a universal you, ever actually can fully accept yourselves. I mean, I love if someone has, please reach out because I would absolutely <laughs> love to know how you have managed that. In all moments of your life and every single minute of it, I think it's, I think it's impossible. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for you. Thank you for coming on today and joining me and just being honest and real and raw. And I just really love who you are as an individual. And I know our listeners have learned a ton. Aww. If they don't already follow you on socials, which I'm sure they do, can you give us your socials and also where they can see you next? I'm only on Instagram. I <laughs> This is really funny. It's the Danielle Campbell. Whenever I give someone my Instagram <laughs> handle, I say it's T-H-E- <laughs> <laughs> D-A-N. I start, I just spell it because I'm like, I don't want to see the. <laughs> it's so, anyway. The Danielle Campbell on Instagram. Outs, we're kind of still starting season six of The Rookie. So That's check amazing. it out. I can't wait. And also share on as out now on Apple TV and Prime Video. And of course, people are rewatching the originals and all that good stuff. And so many <laughs> of your projects tell me a story. I mean, it could go on forever. So thank you for joining us today. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you so much, Kayla. It was so nice to chat with you.
we didn't get into some of the engagement talk. I wanted to ask her all about wedding planning and all of this stuff, but she has so much wisdom to share. I truly love listening to her discuss her body of work and just her life experience. I think she's fascinating and so lovely. I hope you guys got a little bit of your Vampire Diaries universe fix. Please write in with more questions. We can always have her back on if we didn't answer any of your questions. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged as much as I did. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Editing by Diane Kang. Post-production sound by Coco Lawrence. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. <laughs>